Welcome to TBT with Grace and Emma. A podcast on the millennial generation and how we came to be. I'm Grace. I'm Emma. And on this week's episode, we talk about what millennials wear to bed. We offer a tribute to all of the products and industries that have died at the hands of millennials. And we close out with one of our fave TBTs. Ever. (laughs) Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Emma, Grace, why do you sound so different? <laughs> do you have a cold? I'm, mor- I'm morphed into a robot, girl. You know I always have a cold. I <laughs> record this podcast constantly with serious nasal congestion. No, I started a new job, Woo! and I am coming. Woohoo! And I am coming to you today from the telephone cubicle at the Oakland. WeWork office space. Ooh, it's in a WeWork? Ugh, it is. Let me tell you, content about millennials, re, colon, interior decorating, <laughs> abound. Yeah. Everything is a fern, everything is forest green. Yes. Everything is a neon sign. Everything is... Yeah. Instagram worthy. So I was actually working in uh, the New York office yet last week, and um, the New York WeWork office. Yeah. Cool. At one of the many of them, and I had the same reaction, which is I I, I thought about um, like Mad Men and how they like styled the office to reflect that of an early 60s office and all i could think is like in 10 20 30 40 years are we going to look at wework and be like wow that was so 2018 <laughs> yes <laughs> everything is so trendy there it's like every every interior design trend they have they have and yeah. every corner is curated yeah it's also like it's so I mean, I, I feel really, really, really privileged to, first of all, be employed. Yeah. Second of all, be employed by a company that works out of a WeWork office because there's a lot of benefits that come with that. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel like I am um, on the receiving end of a lot of, like, potentially undeserving benefits. But... Um, it's so it's so nice. There's like kombucha on tap. Yeah. I mean, it was out today, but there's kombucha <laughs> on tap. Were there riots? Um, what were there riots? I felt like throwing things. <laughs> um, no, but it's awesome. And so that so that started. Um, Grace, you had a really awesome trip back east to see your family. Yeah, yep. I saw my family and some of uh, Tony's family as well. It was wonderful. Amazing. Yeah. Um, So we have actually not seen each other in person in quite a bit of time. so long, Emma. I know. It's terrible. I miss you. I miss you. But here we are recording the pod. Yeah. 
we're going to try to keep it a little bit shorter this week because we are recording this in a pretty um, different time constraint than we normally do. We want to make sure that we stay consistent because we know what happens when we don't. Yeah. The fans, the fans come for us. <laughs> if we thought the kombucha and, crisis was a drama. <laughs> um, and we really want to make sure that we're trying as much as possible to stick to some sort of a consistent schedule. Yeah. Um, but this week's episode is probably going to be a little bit shorter than normal because of the differences in technology and also differences in time capacity. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, so. Emma. Thanks, Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, you go. Oh, no, I was just singing. <laughs> 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 You're snotty. I'm singing. Everything is normal. Ironically, this is like the one day that I'm actually not snotty. That's why. You, that's why you're you're not here. It's it's gonna feel inauthentic to have you clear nosed. Someday. <laughs> Someday we'll reach that point. <laughs> All right, shall we move to our first segment, Millennials in the News? In the news. Wah, wah. <laughs> keep it in, keep it in. Um, All right, Gracie, yeah. what do you got for us? Um, yeah, so I, as as we all know, very grateful for the Google alert. And what was blowing up the Google alert this week was, and last week as well, actually, was that millennials, some data came out. So actually, USA Today was the one that first reported this information. But basically, um, the Daily Mail picked it up. Care 11, my my lovely station from the Twin Cities, uh, picked it up too. Uh, Millennials, two-thirds of them sleep naked. And I'm, <laughs> I'm shocked. And people that sleep naked uh, apparently have uh, intercourse more and are more satisfied with their sleep compared to those that wear pajamas. Wait, so you're saying this article is saying that people who sleep naked have more sex and sleep better. Yep. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Is that is that causation or correlation? You know, and that what's they, causing what? They did. You know that they were out there like Steve Harvey doing a Family Feud survey, asking people if they slept in the nude. They asked a thousand people, and were like, "We can, we can, <laughs> we can conclude very confidently that millennials <laughs> sleep naked." Um, so I don't know how reliable all of this data is. Obviously, it was reliable enough for USA Today to pick it up. It's not saying too much that the Daily Mail published it. But I think the idea is that they're suggesting that more millennials than other generations are sleeping naked and that it has these positive impacts. But I feel like, you know, both of us left that with with a number of questions. Uh, the first is, which, with, with, is like... Um, is the alternative to sleeping naked sleeping in pajamas? That's one question I have. <laughs> Good question. Do you have an? I have a. I have a. I have a question. Though. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, backing up, though. Yeah. Like, when it says that you're more, that people who sleep naked have more sex, isn't it just that, like, people who are having more sex are more likely to be sleeping naked? Right. That is a Did really we cover thing. that? Or, or am I being redundant? I just, like... No, I no. Just, I just am, like, I, I hate this. I think it's, like, such sloppy data or such sloppy, like, inferences when you're, like, this thing leads to this thing. Yeah, the, but, like, that we causation. don't actually know. What they... Like, where, what, yeah. Where is, where, where, where is the regression analysis? Are you... What are you controlling <laughs> for here? Well, what, like, the main... The, so the the survey was conducted by Mattress Advisor. Oh my God, who's that? Good question. Um, European Sleepworks's cousin. Oh, interesting. Mattress Discounters friend. Okay, brother, okay. Sister. And the real data that they found from their research was that sixty of the people they polled, sixty percent of millennials enjoy sleeping naked, and forty percent of baby boomers slept sleep in the nude. <laughs> I also am like, uh, I also am just like obsessed with this quote that says 20% said their gen- genitals felt free and happy Ooh. when they went to bed pajama less. 20% of people describe their genitals as being happy. That's what I I'm saying. Make, they... It just makes me think, <laughs> Of like smiley faces. I know they were out there like which which one of these smiley faces illustrates how you feel about your genitals. <laughs> That's literally how they're gathering data. <laughs> it makes me think of like when there's something online with a naked person and instead of showing the genitals they just put a smiley face emoji over it. <laughs> like that's literally like how your private parts What's a nice way? What's another word for genitals? Your jennies? Your downstairs. Ugh, I don't like it. Your, your, your bits. Your who? Your bits. Your bits. Your bits. Your bits are happy today. Did you grow up having like a, a an alternative vocabulary for your bits? No. Yeah, me neither. No, I don't like that. Like we just. I knew what testicles were before I knew what testicles were. You know what I mean? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot I of I still get confused. It. The other day I was talking about balls and someone corrected me and was like, no, you mean the scrotum. And I was like, I don't know what I mean. <laughs> Wait, isn't that not the same thing? I think the scrotum is like what balls are in. Oh, my God. I know. It's like the sack. Let's, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Any other, I, any other thoughts on us sleeping naked? I don't know. What else do we have to say about it? I guess I just think like, all right, let's suspend, let's suspend our criticism of the data. My question is like, what does that mean? What does it say about us? That we're more comfortable with our bodies? Does Mm. it say that we, that we are like just we don't I don't know I don't know what it says so anyway I just you know posing that question yeah I think it's an interesting question I think I wonder well I think there's I'm just making a lot of assumptions here but this like is kind of the pathway that my assumptions are taking me down right now is like 
you're sleeping naked, you're either sleeping naked by yourself or with a partner, but if you're a millennial and you don't have kids, which we know that, like, more millennials than non-millennials don't have kids, yeah, then you're likely not in a situation where, like, someone's going to walk into your room unexpectedly. I yeah. mean, roommates are real, and invasive roommates are also real, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Bevers from Broad City, but <laughs> aside... Aside from Bevers and similar type roommates, you're likely in a stage of your life where sleeping naked just doesn't come with as much of a potential price. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I I don't know. Not to get personal, but do you like to sleep naked? No. Or like, it's not something I think about. The one thing I can say is that I really don't have pajamas. Like, mm-hmm. if, if I, like, I'll sleep in a t-shirt and boxers, or, like, a t-shirt and underwear. I know what Corey's getting you for Christmas. <laughs> you know, you know Corey buys me and my brother's underwear? Have I told you that? Is, no. Is there anything more millennial than that? So she's literally buying you your pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Isn't that, that is so, that is, I mean. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. It's not something to be proud of, but at the same time, like, <laughs> thanks, Corey. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I think that, like, pajama sets are wacky. Yeah. Because they're always really restrictive. Yeah. And, like, the bottoms might be good, but the top is, like, not, like, the the set is rarely, like, um, cohesive and functional. Yeah. It's like I totally one agree. part works better than the other. Do you wear pajamas or do you sleep naked? I don't sleep naked. I well, with exceptions. Sure, sure. And I don't like it because I feel really vulnerable. Mhm. And I don't feel very comfortable. I feel comfortable when I have like something protecting me from like the elements. Yeah. So that's yeah. where I'm at with that. Hey, I'm with you. Um, I really want to hear what other people think. So maybe this is an Instagram worthy topic. Oh we yeah. Get a little convo Let's get going. a poll. Let's get a poll out there. I bet our poll is going to be more scientifically accurate than this. No <laughs> to the University of Amsterdam. All right. Um, we have a new segment today. The tribute to all of the things that have died at the hands of millennials. And earlier, we talked about Ice Tea. We read an article about how Snapple was really struggling because millennials weren't buying it. And so, therefore, the logical conclusion was that millennials are single handedly killing the iced tea industry. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's so, you can't, you can't, what's the saying? You like can't throw a stone. And not hit an article talking about an industry or a product that millennials have killed. And so Mm. today we want to pay tribute to those products. It's more like you can't follow a Twitter thread without it. Or you can't, like... Yeah, what's the millennial version? (laughs) You can't can't slide into a DM. (laughs) No. You can't slide into a Reddit... A Reddit thread. Yeah. Take a moment to consider 
what impact it has on the rest of the world that millennials have single-handedly led to the demise of this product or entity. Mayonnaise. Marmalade. Cable. <laughs> Lunch. Relationships and marriage. <laughs> Both. All of it. Doorbells. <laughs> Casual dining chains, such as Hooters, Applebee's, and Buffalo Wild Wings. Golf. The sport. J. Crew. College football. Motorcycles. The diamond industry. Department stores. Soap in bar form. <laughs> the oil and gas industry. Napkins. <laughs> Postcards. The lottery. Wine that is sealed with a cork. Breakfast cereal. Pants. <laughs> <laughs> We're running around without pants, people! <laughs> so I was sleeping naked! <laughs> and uh, finally, the beer industry has taken a hit, but we're confident that uh, it may be down, but, but not lost forever. Yeah. I'm also, like, skeptical. When we <laughs> hear beer, do they mean, like, Miller and, like, Anheuser-Busch? Because, like, I thought... We were all drink whatever. Emma Beer is dead. Okay, I'll accept it. <laughs> I'll accept it. Um, rest in peace. Except the oil and gas industry. May you light the fires of hell. <laughs> wow, that was poetic and very accurate symbolically. <laughs> are there any that are on here that really stood out to you? Um, I just think that some of them are crack me up. Like doorbells. <laughs> it's so true. It's and, so true. No one has a doorbell. Yeah. And, uh, and. Your doorbell is your phone. I I'm know. here. I'm texting you. I know. It's wild. Um, and uh, napkins. Apparently, millennials just use paper towels. Mm. Like, we're still using something to wipe ourselves. It's a paper towel. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Run around without pants. Run around all dirty. Oh, yeah. And um, pants, by the way, um, it's because we, we prefer wearing leggings. We're not about the restriction of pants. It's, it's, we've killed it, Emma. That's what the okay, news said. It. That's what the Let news said. Let me go said. change into my leggings. Um, any, any for really you? I'm fascinated... Yeah, I'm really fascinated by mayonnaise because I have a theory that we haven't actually killed mayonnaise. We've actually, like, disguised it as aioli. Yes. And Emma. I, think, I think that we're actually just rebranding it. That's so, so true. We love aioli. Oh, fuck yes. With reason. But you're so right. So that's one thought. So the second thought is, um, I'm like, 
totally on board with screw cap wine. Yeah. I don't need a cork. It's hard to get out, though successfully uncorking, is that the word? Mm -hmm. A wine bottle is, um, it's almost like it's not as close to driving a stick shift, but like when someone is like really, really struggling with it and they're like breaking the cork all over the place and they like can't get it and they keep twisting, and they keep twisting. And when you're able to just like swoop in and mm. just like finish the job off for them and like pun intended in like four seconds, <laughs> yeah. there's like something really sexy about that mm. because it's like a very specific skill. Yeah. What a powerful um, it is such a power play. So I will miss that. I don't want us to move fully on into the screwable uh, wine cap. But the number yeah. of millennial picnics where everything has come to a halt because someone has realized that no one brought the wine cork screw, <laughs> I don't even want to think of the number of times that has happened. Yeah. It was probably devastating. Yeah. Oh. So I'm into screwable caps. Yeah. Cool. cool. Also, comment worthy. Would love to hear feedback. Yeah, what do let people us know. Think? And what do we miss? You know, what else did the millennial kill? Mm. Is it Wait, time? And we're not done it, yet. Ooh. Well, we still have so much life to live. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're so right. You know. Definitely. Like 50, 50, to, uh, 50 to 80 years or something. Yeah. Can't wait to to see what's next, and also <laughs> to see uh, what we create. You know, because with all of mm. these, with all of these, we're we're creating new new industries, new products. It's like capitalism, baby. Who knows yeah, where baby. we'll go next? I'm gonna go first. I feel like you like we should switch off who goes first. Great, go. Okay, I just want to do a a quick TBT throwback to old screensavers. The the hours Mm. that I could sit and spend watching that like maze where it was like this the computer running through a brick maze or thinking through what a funny phrase would be to have like bouncing back and forth on my computer while it slept <laughs> um and i also remember this is like we had an early mac uh macintosh we at one point downloaded this like polar bear slideshow screensaver and it was, like, the most incredible technology any of us had ever seen. Yeah. Did you have a, Did you have some experiments with screensavers yourself? Oh, yeah. I sure did. I loved the thing that was, like, the beam of light. Oh, yeah. On the Mac. Yeah. I think that might actually still be around. But the one that I actually loved was the bouncing square yep. on a my on a pc mm-hmm. and that one just was so frustrating to me because it didn't ever actually Hit get the to the very edge of the screen. Yeah. oh my god yeah there's a I great mean, office opening episode with that in it oh really yeah 
Oh, must have missed that one in my recent rewatch. But like, talk about uh, someone suffering from OCD is a nightmare. Yeah, no kidding. Very Just stressful. So frustrating. <laughs> I couldn't figure out, I was like, these people that are creating these computers, they're very smart. They're so stupid. Why can't they just get the box in the corner? It doesn't seem that hard. Maybe it's an incentive to have you use the computer so you don't have to watch it not hit the corner. Oh, my God. Maybe. Good one, Gracie. Thanks. What's your throwback this week? My throwback was, remember when the new quarters came out? AKA specifically that year, 1999, when suddenly the quarters were coming out as specialty quarters with the states on them. And it was like, it was like five states a year. And I'll never forget the first one was Delaware because they came out in the order that states were incorporated into the U.S. And. Yeah, I always was like, why the fuck with Delaware? And that's why. Got it. Interesting. Fascinating. And yeah, did you collect them? No, I didn't. But apparently, they were the most popular commemorative quarter collection ever. And the reason that they came out initially was to inspire a new generation of coin collectors. Yeah. Did it work? Did you collect them? Um, Did you collect them? So my mom bought me and one of my brothers a booklet thing mm. with the with the country, and it had a spot for every quarter, so you could conceivably collect all fifty. And I put in probably three, and then was like, "Wait, wait, like, I could buy stuff with these quarters." <laughs> and I remember, I think my brother was much more diligent about it and kind of got into it. My mom loves collecting things, and so I think this was her way to, like, get us involved in collecting an object. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, but, like, a small box of Entenmann's chocolate cookies costs a quarter. Like, I think I'm going to just go for that. (laughs) Were you living in, like, 1961? No. It costs a quarter? Yeah, there was these little, they're like a mini box of Entenmann's chocolate chip cookies at the, like, at the bodega. They were 25 wow. cents. Yeah. Wow. So, what a time. So, no. Here's a quarter, <laughs> just run down to the bodega and buy yourself a cookie. So, no. I, I didn't collect them. Mm. Yeah, I didn't either, but um, they were really exciting. And I yeah. felt, I honestly felt privileged to be a kid Mm -hmm. during that time because so apparently there's a new series coming out which has to do with commemorating the different um national parks Mm -hmm. and I'm much less interested in part because I just like don't have as much of a relationship with the national parks and I just like don't really care what's on the one for Yellowstone right but um I think it was really cool to be a kid when the quarters were changing and evolving and every year it was like, Ooh, what's New York going to put as its background or what's, um, what's going to represent South Dakota or whatever it was. Totally. And I, I do remember like the excitement of seeing a quarter that you hadn't seen before that, 
you know, like, oh my gosh, this came all the way, or like, even if it didn't come from Alaska, because yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it worked like that, but being like, oh my gosh, this Oklahoma one is like, I've never seen that before. It's like a, it's like a license plate, you know, when you see a Hawaii uh-huh. license plate and you're like, wow, I've never seen that kind of license plate before. Yeah. Now I'm, now this is making me regret not collecting them. Ah. Uh, Missed opportunity. Never too late to start, I it's, guess. It's not, you know. You could you could start a collection of 1999 to 2008 quarters with the states on them. I feel inspired. I I have you. a new hobby. I'll put it on my resume. I love it. I mean, it. my LinkedIn. Whatever. My Instagram. <laughs> whatever is relevant now. Um, awesome. Awesome. Well, Thanks, Gracie. Thanks, Emma. Well, this week is important um, also because it's the anniversary of 9-11, and I know we wanted to talk about that, too. Yeah, and I've, I've been thinking a lot about, honestly, what to say. I feel like we have a responsibility since this, since 9-11 was such a huge influence on the millennial generation and such a pivotal historical moment. Um, I think that there's a lot of reason for us to, to give it thought and give it consideration for our, our podcast. Um, and I think that there will be a day soon when, when we take some time to talk more about it. Um, I'm from Brooklyn. I was in New York on September 11th. Um, and I've been thinking a lot in the last week about what to say on the pod about it and really keep coming up short. But I just, I want to take a moment to hold space for all the different communities that were affected by it and to acknowledge the indelible effect that it had a part of my identity was so shaped by the events of September 11th and certainly um, the reasons why I relate so much to my New York identity are so wrapped up in what I learned from that event, Um, both the tragic and difficult things, but also the incredible strength and community that I felt in the weeks and months after. I can't tell you how much that event demonstrated the really wide spectrum of of humanity and I um like I said I, I I don't think I have anything in particular to say other than if you're thinking about it a lot this week if you have been um hurting this week um that we're thinking about you want to hold space for you and your community and uh um that's all thanks grace yeah and i'll just say i think um my relationship with 9-11 is really different i was living in california because i am from there and i think the geographic separation made that experience really different for me and i think for people in the community that I was a part of at the time. But I 
And I'm really grateful that um, you opened up the space for us to think about it and talk about it because I definitely feel the weight of that event on who we are as um, a generation and on who I am as an individual. And um, I think we have a lot of reckoning to do with it Mm -hmm. still. And I, I would love to continue to have conversations about what 9-11 means for our generation as a community because I think um, the post-9-11 world will always be the post-9-11 world. Yeah. And I think that we carry an obligation to understand that and recognize that and really follow the path lines or follow the thread lines that come from that day because we know, even though it might not be articulated as such, we know that much of the world that we live in was shaped by that day. And I think it's our responsibility to remember that and, and hold that close to us. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Emma. Thanks, Grace. And, uh, I'm really, I'm really proud of you. I feel like, uh, you know, you being in this new job and, and, tackling all of the the stress and responsibility that goes along with that is is a lot in these first few weeks and so just really wanted to to give you a big shout out for for taking this leap and getting back on that horse and um I can't wait to see you soon I can't wait to see you and thanks to our listeners We so appreciate all of the support and um, all of the texts and Instagrams and rates and reviews and subscriptions and all of that. Um, We, this has been such an amazing project and it's been really exciting for us and we love just being able to build a community around it. So thank you for all of you who listen and who share your feedback keep it coming yes um can't wait to hear about your naked sleeping (laughs) and um yeah thanks thanks grace yeah thank you emma and thanks everybody see you in a fortnight see you in a fortnight